sentence be, be forgot and never brought, brought to, to mind. mind. Sure, oh. old acquaintance be, be forgot. Something, something, old. Old Lang Syne. This is going to be impossible for me to sync up when I'm editing this <laughs> because. Do I match them up or do I, how how much of a delay, I'm going to have to remember to myself, how much of a delay was there to how Liz was singing along with me? Happy New Year, Liz. Happy New Year, Will. It is in fact the first day of 2020. It is January 1st, 2020. And I just saw cats. Oh God. How how was that? Uh, Pretty boring, honestly. Oh, it wasn't as horrifying as everybody said. I mean, definitely there are moments that are nightmarish mm-hmm. and it's almost worth seeing it for those little moments. Yeah. Because I thought to myself, hmm, would I have preferred to never see the movie mm-hmm. and to just see a highlight reel of the most horrific images? Yeah. And the conclusion that I come to is, I don't think that those horrifying images would have the same impact mm-hmm. if they were taken out of context and just uh, presented yes. to me in like a slideshow. Uh-huh. I think you kind of need the context. You don't need it, but your enjoyment, ironic or otherwise, yeah, uh, it hinges. Might, might benefit. It, yeah, might hinge upon the uh, the context of like just boring drudgery for mm-hmm. like. 10, 15 minutes at a time. And then all of a sudden, you know, Rebel Wilson unzips her fursuit that you didn't realize was a fursuit and there's no visible zipper. And she has another outfit on underneath. And there were dancing cockroaches in that scene too, right? Indeed, there were. Yes, they, they, I, I also thought to myself, hmm, is there any point in seeing the movie after you've seen the trailer? Mm-hmm. Is it one of those things where you saw the trailer and you get it and you've mm-hmm. seen everything there is to see? I don't recall any trailer having mice and cockroaches that were like the cats, also played by humans and shaped like humans. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the movie has something. <laughs> I saw the clip of her unzipping her skin suit with some of the cockroaches and showed it to Kenny. Mm-hmm. And... Kenny's biggest takeaway for that was, do the cockroaches just have human faces? Yep. And I said, yes. Yes. (laughs) Now, did you see an updated version or did you see one that did not have all of the correct stuff in it yet? So I don't know what version I saw. And I have to believe that they are indistinguishable unless you are going through them with a fine-toothed comb. Now, mm-hmm. I haven't read about this. So if you have read about it or heard more about it, then please fill in the gaps for me or correct me if I say anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But I have just heard that the version of Cats initially seen in the theater mm-hmm. had a scene where... In one scene, Judy Dench has at least one, if not both, of her hands that appear to have no They're just noticeable human CGI altering to done to them. They they just look like her regular human hands, mm-hmm. and that that was a mistake and mm-hmm. uh, something that they just neglected, and that a new version of the film was being issued to theaters 
where that would be corrected. Mm-hmm. Now to that, I would say, based on the movie that I just saw, that seems like utter nonsense mm-hmm. be- because they're all human hands. They're mm-hmm. they're just they are fully humanoid, except they have no genitalia. They have cat ears and tails, mm-hmm. and they have what you could call fur or or a a a simulacrum of fur if i'm Mm -hmm. using that word correctly which i'm not sure i am Mm -hmm. um over most of their bodies but basically their hands and feet and faces of course are they just look fully human there's nothing paw like uh and they're not particularly furry um at the ends of their uh limbs Mm -hmm. and their appendages um there's full-on human hands full-on human looking feet there are a lot of costumes, but there are a lot of cats with no costumes mm-hmm. who are ostensibly nude. Mm-hmm. And there are even some cats who have no costume except they're wearing shoes. <laughs> and they're like really, they're normal shoes. They're just like sneakers. There's like a pair of dancing cats who like, like it's not a joke or anything. It's not like mm-hmm. part of a character moment. It's just if you look down, they're wearing normal human sneakers on their feet. Yeah. So there's a lot that defies explanation. Yeah, I I guess that was about what I knew. I think that they used the Judy Dench thing just as like something that people would be able to notice. Yeah. Um, I did have one more tweet I want to read about this. Yes. Uh, from our friend Ian Dougherty. Mm. And he said, similarities between Rebel, Rebel Wilson's character and Kat's and Red Pyramid from the Silent Hill movie. <laughs> One, skin removal happens at some point. Two, they both summon cockroaches with human faces. This mm. is two similarities too many. <laughs> yeah, that's remarkable. <laughs> I would not make that connection myself because I haven't seen that Silent Hill movie since, I don't know, 10 or so years ago when yeah. I was watching it uh, at Ian's behest. <laughs> <laughs> In his With dorm him. room? Yes. yes. Uh, so I don't have that good a memory for it. Ian's the only person I know who um, likes Silent Hill as much as, if not more than, Kenny. He has written a mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. Um, that's like a Silent Hill song. Or I forget uh-huh. exactly what it is. Kenny would know. And Kenny listens to it, like, mm-hmm. regularly. Cool. It's in the rotation. Yeah. Very cool. Um, What's so new what are- with you? Well, I'm here. It's uh, we're drinking some little sparkling wine. Uh huh. Um, it's th- this strange four o'clock hour that it we is, sometimes record at. Yeah, it is about two thirty for me. And we're about to start the new year by going mm-hmm. back twenty years, almost. Just about, yeah. Um, what is twenty twenty? What does twenty twenty mean to you? Twenty. Yeah, go ahead. What does it mean to me? Did you have a follow-up question? I was, setting up, I was setting up a segue, but you, you, if you have an answer, please share it. You know what? 2020 to me is uh, – do you know something about every four years like 2020? Do you know I what is special I, about these years? Besides, I, I mean, I know 2020 is a leap year and that comes every four years. Every leap year? Mm-hmm. Is also the Summer Olympics. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Is also um, a presidential, presidential election. election. Yeah. Is also a multiple of four to the year that I was born. Uh-huh. And also, I know we talk about Elliot and I having the same birthday. Elliot was also born on a presidential election year. Mm, so mm-hmm. it's also also a multiple of four to the year Elliot was born. Right. So, and Elliot, so there's always a lot mm-hmm. of things that happen in 2020, like sort of. Right. Yeah. Around. Every four years, it's a it's a sure to be a deeply cursed uh, year in our lives. <laughs> um, hey, hey, mm. Olympics are going to be in Tokyo, man. Yeah, I know that you like the Olympics. <laughs> but do you know what that means? Mario? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Yes. 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 I, I'll, I'll look forward to that as well, even if I don't care about the Olympics in the way that you and Kenny do. What does 2020 mean to you, Will? Well, I was going to say that it is fitting that for this first episode of 2020, we do a tribute to Flash, Adobe mm. Flash, because mm-hmm. 2020 is scheduled to be the final year of Flash. Mm -hmm. Flash support uh, by Adobe is being phased out. The final day of it, according to the article that I have in front of me, is December 31st, 2020. Yeah, we've got one year. So Flash has been, you know, dying a a continuing protracted death for a number of years now Mm -hmm. um 2020 is the year that the final nail will go into the coffin and so it's only fitting uh that as we look forward to 2020 we look back (laughs) and do a tribute to flash Mm -hmm. by talking about uh the only product of flash uh that ever that that mattered to me so much that i still think about it today same which is Homestar Runner. Let's clink our glasses to that, Will. <laughs> Mine is plastic. How did yours is... Will, don't ruin the illusion. We almost made it seem like we were in the same room together. I'll edit that out. <laughs> <clears throat> I should also say, while we're talking about the new year and new things, this is the first episode of the podcast on new hardware for me. Mm-hmm. It might not sound any different to the listener because I am still using the same microphone. Uh, but I am recording on a brand new computer, mm-hmm. which is a, 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 an early birthday present, although it was just Christmas um, from my parents. So thank you, mom and dad. Um, thank you, reco- Steve and Diane Hoffacker, mm-hmm. uh, patrons of our podcast. Yes, right. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, uh, first thing recorded on the new HP desktop in what was our guest bedroom, but mm-hmm. I am now thinking of as the computer room in our house. Man, that's not what I would call it. Why not? Because that's nerdy. The computer room? It's like a throwback. Didn't you oh. did you did you ever have a computer room in your house? Uh no, we had one room in my house. Okay. That we spent all of our time in. It was my mother's room. Uh-huh. Okay. It was very there was very good and specific reasons for this which was that the it was in the front of the house and that was the south facing side of the house mm-hmm. and so in the winter mm-hmm. that room was the only warm room mm-hmm. and my mom didn't want to pay for heating and so yeah. that was where the digital cable was and that was where the computer was so we all mm-hmm. like all of my friends that was mm-hmm. like the living room and it was your mom's bedroom it was my mother's bedroom which in, looking uh, back is 
sounds impossible to explain that this was just totally normal. Yeah, that's weird. But I mean, I was just at home. uh, And when I say at home, I mean, where I grew up in New York City with my Mm -hmm. parents in Queens. I was just there for Christmas for about a week. And every year I go back at Christmas time. And every year I have grown less and less used to uh, the things that I knew. Mm -hmm. uh, And the things that when I was growing up were the only things that I knew. Yeah. And they were normal because I had nothing to compare them to. Mm -hmm. And now I go back and I look around and I go like, huh, this is is very different from what I'm used to on a day to day Mm -hmm. basis living in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, And it's it's hard to believe that this was ever that I just, yeah, ever just took this at face value and it was totally normal. And I'm talking about like what the streets look like, you know, buildings, Mm -hmm. you know, just the whole like general atmosphere um it's uh yeah like going to a foreign place uh, yeah to some extent of course it is still like going home and it mm-hmm. does feel that way and there is a lot that's familiar and very positive about it but at the same time it has that weird foreign feeling a little more each year kind of like if yes all you if if it was normal to you that you just hung out all the time in your mother's bedroom <laughs> growing up and not just again like my my friends, my boyfriends, like mm-hmm. all yeah. of us. <laughs> we had a room in our house where the desktop computer lived. Mm-hmm. And it might be known as the computer room, but it was more often known as the pink room in our house. That's nice. Yes. It was the room where the walls were painted pink. The only room that we had that had a funny name was we had the downstairs closet that had the um, hot water heater heater in it mm-hmm. was called the scary closet. Sure. I guess because it scared me as a kid. Uh-huh. But we called it the scary closet. I mean, even now my mom will be like, oh, yeah, that was in the scary closet. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. I would call your guest bedroom the studio. Mm, yes. See how that's cooler than computer room? Yeah, I guess it's a studio sort of in more than one sense. I mean, it does have a door to the outside. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyone, you know, if if we kept this door behind me locked, the one that goes into the rest of the house, Mm -hmm. then somebody could just live in here like it was a studio apartment because they could get in and out without going through any other part of the house. That's so weird. They wouldn't even have to climb through a window. There's there's a door. (laughs) And, um, you know, it has a twin bed, a very narrow twin bed. Um, And now it's where I record my podcast. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a a studio in multiple senses. And that's how I started that thought. And that's how I'm ending it. Full circle. Um, Now, Will. Yes. We're not talking about Flash, though. I mean, that's part of it. I was using a segue. I was like, because I was thinking like, you know, of course, like any podcast, we want our podcast to be all killer and no filler. Mm -hmm. And this is the one joint episode of the season. Mm -hmm. We we did two last season. This year, neither of us is taking the lead on this topic. It's the one joint episode out of 11. Mm -hmm. So... I was just trying to position it as like we have a reason for talking about this topic at this moment rather than it just feeling like we we have a week to fill because 
there's a couple of weeks left before the Oscar nominations come out, which is really all I'm thinking about. And I'm ready to talk about it, but <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't be timely just yet. So mm-hmm. what's, uh, what, what's on your mind about Homestar Runner? Liz? That's what we're talking about. You hadn't yeah. actually said it yet. <laughs> yes, I did actually. No, you didn't. Yes. I said the words Homestar Runner a few minutes ago. I did not hear you. Mm-hmm. Remember when I said it's the only thing created in Flash? That yes, but you didn't had- say what it was. I believe I did. Well, you know what? We have record, so we can check mm-hmm. the tapes. <laughs> yep, and you're going to you're going to listen to this more than anyone because <laughs> it is an episode of our podcast. <laughs> and you're going to hear it multiple times. Well, if you're I'm gonna wrong, to I'm be very wrong sorry. Multiple times. And if I'm right, fuck you. I'm going to, you're not only going to hear it, but you're going to hear the way that I've edited it so that it's super loud and obvious. (laughs) You're going to have to turn the volume down when I first say Homestar Runner. So do you know how you found Homestar Runner? I remember, yes, uh, the first Homestar Runner cartoon that I have a memory of seeing was I was over at my cousin's house and he had a friend over. And one of them showed the other one. I think it was my cousin's friend who showed my cousin mm-hmm. an episode of Teen Girl Squad. Yes. That, that was my first exposure to the Homestar Runner universe of web cartoons. So Teen Girl Squad already existed when you started watching. Yes. I did, Teen Girl I did Squad not get was, I saw the first episode of Teen Girl Squad when, when it, it came was out. A, when it was a strong bad email? Yeah. Mm. You were more of an early adopter than I was. And I was thinking about this, and I should have asked Blake because he was here earlier, but I don't remember how I found Homestar Runner. Mm-hmm. I think I did find it on my own. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, from somebody like writing about it on like a blog or something. Mm-hmm. But I was, I think I have actually think I do have like an argument about this topic. Oh, good. Which is I think that Homestar Runner sort of like did the internet as we know it today before that existed. It was weird Twitter way before weird Twitter. It was like weird Twitter. It was self-referential. It's like really wholesome shit posting. Yes. In a cartoon form. It was it was like meme-like in mm-hmm. that it just kept referencing and like li- building yes. on itself. Right. And also, like, it became a language yeah, that was communicated among people who knew it. Um, yeah. Definitely it, the more callbacks you do, the more references, self-referencing you do over a longer, and, you know, the longer the period of time you do that sort of thing over, you become not just uh, an example of media, but like a subculture. Yes. And like the subculture has its own vocabulary yes because of the references and then also on top of that like it very quickly became like super meta in Uh that like it was um it like the characters in the in the universe were creating their own content yeah um like the cheat would make like music videos and of course strong bad did teen girl squad that was like his cartoon Mm mm-hmm um, and so there were riffs off of that and oftentimes those would end and it would cut to like the sort of normal animation that we were used to. Mm-hmm. And like, I was thinking too, like, 
people because they would always do Halloween episodes, which were always like a big deal because it was like yeah. who's everybody dressed up as. Right. But there would be people who would dress up as the characters mm -hmm. dressed up. Right. Um, and also, I mean, in 2019, you know, we hear a lot about like content creators and burnout. And, um, you know, we have a channel that you and I both love, Game Grumps, and mm -hmm. now also The Grumps, putting yep. out content. I mean, they put out content every day for a while. They were putting out content twice a day. Mm -hmm. um, and Strong Bad, in an era when it was, you know, still people weren't just recording their faces talking, not to say that that's not work, but mm -hmm. um, they were putting out videos weekly for years. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, my, I, think, I think that that's what's sort of incredible about this. And it was and it was an age when basically homestarrunner.com was like the equivalent of a television channel. Mm -hmm. Today to enjoy the you know online content uh, created for uh, me as an audience member that I enjoy, I go to I watch the game grumps on YouTube. I mm -hmm. watch you know, certain channels on Twitch. I, yes. I listen to podcasts. I get them through my podcast app. I never go directly to the source mm -hmm. in terms, you know, there's always like a distribution method. And today that's true of Homestar Runner. And I do subscribe to homestarrunner.com on YouTube. And sometimes mm -hmm. they upload a new video and that's always a very special day. But, you know, back in those days that we're talking about, you had to go to homestarrunner.com mm -hmm. to see when a new cartoon was uploaded. And you watched it there and all their archives were there and games were there and various other things. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, we don't really, or at least I don't really have that relationship with uh, most corners of the internet anymore. Well, and I, I want to talk about the website too, because I think that you're right in, you're totally right with what you were saying about the video, about it being like its own sort of like, streaming platform quote unquote right. today right. but i think that the other thing about the website was that the website felt like a point and click game because yeah. there were so many secrets right and i would spend just hours just like clicking through every part of the website yeah um like there was do you remember strong sad's sad journal mm, not not off the top of my head I'll send you – oh, and I can send you a link now, can't I? Because you won't yeah, – it won't – like your computer won't It won't, won't crash my computer, right. Um, and, and speaking of links, just out of curiosity, because I have this newfound power that I am surely going to go mad with, I'm just curious what will happen if I go to homestarrunner.com. Oh, yeah. I can tell you what happened with me because it was a saga this morning. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm seeing – a uh, big square up to the top that says Adobe Flash Player is blocked. Mm -hmm. and Are then, you on Chrome? Uh, yes, I am on Chrome, Google Chrome. Um, would it be any different? I wonder if I used uh, what I well, what I still think of as Internet Explorer, but I guess it's Microsoft Edge. Edge. We have that at work now. The Edge. Yeah, no, it's – okay, it says select for Adobe Flash. Allow once. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. So I, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I got, I allowed flash and now it's working. Yeah. So that was what happened with me, um, except with, you know, I have a Mac. So I was on Chrome and I went to homestarrunner.com to do some research and it was blocked. And then I opened Safari and I had to download flash, but then it worked on there. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah. I guess, 
Uh, keep talking. I'm uh, learning how to do this in Chrome. So um, with so with the website, I knew every corner of that website because uh-huh. it was like a game in that there were things that were hidden and there were Easter eggs at the end of the video too. So the way that right. you used to do it was mm-hmm. at the through, sometimes throughout the video too there were Easter eggs. So mm-hmm. I would watch the video. And then I would watch it. You know how you talked about with the Venture Brothers, how you'd watch the episode and immediately watch it again? Yes. I would watch the video and then I would watch it again, tapping the tab key on my keyboard. Oh, right. Yeah. And if a yellow box or rectangle showed up mm-hmm. around, a, it would show up around a clickable object. Right. I would be like, ah, I found it. You got it. Yeah. And now I would, I would actually, I would, I didn't, I guess I didn't know that trick. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I learned it later, but I remember watching Strong Bad emails, and it would usually end, you know, you're looking at Strong Bad's computer screen and the words that he's just typed on it. And I would comb through the words yes. with the cursor, looking for when the cursor would change mm-hmm. from the regular arrow to like the pointing hand. Yeah. That means that something is clickable. And I would do that with, you know, other parts of the screen, just basically just trying to comb every inch of it, you know, like in a sort of playing snake kind of a yes, pattern yes. with the mouse. I did that for a long time. And then I was because I was also and I just want to say, like, I was not obsessed with Homestar Runner. I just had a lot of time. Uh-huh. And and so I would I was also reading other websites that were writing about Homestar Runner. Interesting. And so that's how I learned about a lot of the different Easter eggs. That's how I found some of the stuff that was hidden. And that's also how I learned the tab trick. Mm-hmm. Um, which for some reason does not work on Safari because whenever I hit tab, it just like goes to the um, the web address bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't browse websites like that anymore. I mean, that right. there's and I think that that is something that like when we're talking about Flash ending – Mm-hmm. that feels like an actual loss to me. Right. Because, um, you know, we're talking about Easter eggs. And in addition to, you know, you forecasted right up at the front, like the use of callbacks, the number of references crucial to the sense of humor. And then Easter eggs were crucial to not only the humor, but like how you would interact with the, with the media. And that, the idea of like when usually when we say Easter egg now, it's like, oh, there's this um, prop in this scene in this movie mm-hmm. that like they don't even acknowledge it. But like the reason it's there is it's a reference to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But when I was first introduced to the concept of an Easter egg in my media, mm-hmm. it was something buried in a DVD menu. Yes. Um, and I'm thinking in particular of Harry Potter, and I th- I think it was the first one, mm-hmm. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and how there was a whole sort of kind of game, sort uh-huh. of proto, like there were like little echoes of like what would become Telltale games, uh-huh. and like the way that you just used your remote to try to find the secret things, and it was like you were going on the you know, journey to find the Sorcerer's Stone, you know, the the chess game and, and mm-hmm. all those little elements. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, DVDs 
barely exist in my life anymore. Really? You don't buy movies or Blu-rays even? No, the most that I do is I rent. um, Because of you, I go to the library sometimes now. Oh, right. Something something that I started last year. I was like, oh, yeah, Liz does this thing. I could do that. I could try that too. Um, And we'll also be... (laughs) Just as a note, what he's talking about is... Going to the library and checking out the movies. Because I sent him a picture of a a movie that I forget which one it was. And I was like, I'm watching this tonight. And it was a movie we had talked about. And he was like, is that a DVD? And I was (laughs) like, yeah, I rented it from the library for free. Don't you do that. That's like clearly the superior way to do this if you're only going to watch it once. Because it's, again, free. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, you're limited to what the library has. Uh, And Dana's parents, uh, I know, do this as well. But um, we also have here in Tucson, very near where we live, an honest to God a video rental store that wow. is still still in business, Casa Amazing. Video. And so, yeah, I will occasionally go there and rent a DVD, uh, sometimes a Blu-ray when available there. But um, I, the the physical DVDs that I own, um, that are actually here with me in Tucson and not you know back at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there are very few of them, and the closest that I've, I, I, I haven't, I haven't bought a new one in a long time. Occasionally, I think like, and this is mostly because I've listened to the Blank Check podcast so much, mm-hmm. and they, they're big, you know, Blu-ray buyers, and they buy collectors editions, and mm-hmm. I think like, oh, cool, that would be cool to have, you know, all the MCU, you know, the MCU box set, or like, um, I almost, I came kind of close to buying like this like collectors edition like Miyazaki box set. Yeah, because like you those can't are stream like, them anywhere until until do you not know this? No. Have you have you heard of HBO Max? No. Okay, so that's one that hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. But I think sometime this year they're going to roll out HBO Max, mm-hmm. which is basic. I think it's like Warner Brothers version of Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So it'll give you access to whatever they own. Mm-hmm. And they are going to have uh, Studio Ghibli films in their streaming library. And do you know why – this is maybe a side tangent beyond the side tangent. But, like, do you know why they have it instead of Disney Plus? Uh, no, I don't. Because they, they come out they've, under Disney. They've been distributed by Disney in the past. Yeah, For years. But I guess they did, they just didn't make that deal with them. Anyway, yeah, I we have a lot of – I mean, Kenny got three for Christmas. He got Whisper of the Heart. Um, we got Princess Mononoke and A Midsummer. All this Christmas? Yeah. All on Blu-ray? Well, apparently Midsummer's on DVD. Okay. <laughs> Laura Lee, I don't know what she did. <laughs> All right. Bless her. Um, is, and, and do you, uh, is, is your Blu-ray player the PlayStation 4? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Slash the PlayStation 3 back in the day, but yeah. Sure, yeah. And DVD player. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yes, you're totally right. I remember the um, menu from Shrek having <laughs> um, like the gingerbread man and one of his buttons you could click on. And there was a whole mm. game where you could like, I want to say like record your voice saying things, but like hmm. make a little story. And it, I was, I remember finding it. Again, Mm. through the tab situation Uh and being like, this is a whole thing. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not just a little thing or like a secret 
like video. This is yeah. a whole thing that I will want to do for a lot of time. Uh huh. An interactive thing that's just so buried cool. Secret. I clearly don't remember it that well, but at the time <laughs> I just was like, this is so cool. Yeah, it is weird to, it's like a side quest in a video game where like, you pull on a thread and you think it's just going to come off and it's going to be nothing. But yes. then there's this whole thing attached and you're like, wait, what? I did. I thought I was doing something that I wasn't supposed to do. And now yeah. there's like a whole thing here <laughs> that I might have never discovered. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what that's what the Homestar Runner website was, because now and I don't know if you have no, noticed this or if you know this, but I think I know what you're going to say about what what it does on YouTube. Yeah, when you watch an old Homestar Runner cartoon on YouTube, when it ends, it just plays the Easter egg content tacked onto the end of it. Yes. So which there's, is just there's not nothing the to same. interact with. Yeah. But what else can they do yeah. in this day and age? Did you? So speaking of DVDs, Homestar Runner, despite being a. Uh, you know, flash animated web cartoon free to watch on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, they they made DVDs. They do of their. They did at one time. Oh. Yeah, you didn't know this. I don't think so. Oh, so I, I, guess, I might have at the time. So I guess you never got them. Did you? <laughs> like I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I absolutely bought DVDs of Homestar Runner cartoons. Well. Honestly, so this is also a DVD Blu-ray thing that I mean seriously, which is that like, I know everybody's all about streaming and I clearly participate in that culture as well. But like things that are streaming can be taken away. Yeah, you're right, right. This is yes. And I've heard this argument um, in other places, but particularly from listening to the Blank Check podcast. And yeah. I think that, yeah, that's a really strong case um, that whatever you have on physical media is is yours and it's there to stay. And have you um, heard the horror stories about, like, iTunes movies? I, I don't know if I've heard horror stories, but I, I can imagine what you mean. So I think it's on iTunes where people bought movies through mm-hmm. iTunes. Right. And then went to go watch one mm-hmm. that they had spent, like, $15 right. on. Yeah. And it was gone. And they yeah. were like, I bought this. And they were like, right. yeah, our like rights to it got revoked. And like they'd be like, uh, so do I get my money back? Because I purchased it. Like I right. spent money on the file. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, basically. Yeah. And, and, and that has kind of happened to me. Like I think there's one movie I've ever bought on iTunes. And I did it so that I would be able to watch it anytime I wanted despite – my current circumstances, mm-hmm. which were I had just flown to Scotland <laughs> and was living there <laughs> alone yeah. on my semester abroad. And I, uh, it was a very long, uh, miserable plane ride uh, to London. Um, and uh, on the plane, I watched uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world yeah. to like comfort me. Mm-hmm. And um, that was so effective that when I finally got to my destination where I was going, I was like, I just want to keep watching it again and again. So I bought Scott Pilgrim versus the world on iTunes. I did watch it again and again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to, you know, th- in theory, I should still own that and I should be able to access it and watch it. Mm-hmm. But if I tried to, I'm sure it would be impossible mm-hmm. because I'm sure I don't know how to, access that account that i bought it from and 
you know, and what's, you know, some accounts that they're, you know, I'm sharing with my parents and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, is it the same account or is it like two different profiles or are they yeah. linked to blah, blah, blah. And it's all, it's all very confusing. So yes, uh, but also um, sort of to that argument, I would say uh, the, the argument that if it's on streaming, it can just be taken away. I would just say like, I mean, can't, can't you, can't you watch basically anything like really easily if you just do it, like if you just Google it and you know, you're not going through like Netflix necessarily. (laughs) Are you suggesting illegally watching media? I would never suggest something like that. I'm just making a comment on the world we live in. (laughs) Isn't it a world where that would be really easily easily done uh, if one were a criminal with no morals? Yes. I mean, I guess probably um, to a point. Um, I think quality is a question. Um, sure. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I know, for example, like, there's a reason I bought Kenny a DVD of Whisper of the Heart, and that's because... We are a Blu-ray or whatever because we have never seen it. It's not on – it's not the library. And also, I do not actually want to purchase another streaming service. I already have more than I really want. <laughs> and so do I. And and I have – And you're <laughs> not you, even paying for all of yeah, them. Yeah, I have you to thank for my access to Disney Plus and my parents to thank for my access to Netflix. Um, but it is a trade-off and maybe one day it'll be a trade-off with us as well. Mm -hmm. I I say that because I mean, um, I, uh, use my parents' Netflix and use their cable to access things like HBO Go, but, um, they use my Hulu. Oh, yeah. I'm the one who pays for Hulu. So, um, it's, uh, it may not be even, uh, or equal, but it's a two way street mm-hmm. and one, and one day maybe, uh, you will have a profile on my, uh, HBO max account or, Fair or enough. something along those lines. Uh-huh. I mean, we can hope not because <laughs> <laughs> this is all seeming a bit miserable, but, <laughs> but Hey, the Mandalorian was pretty good, right? Oh my God. The Mandalorian was so good. <laughs> yeah. It worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. Also, I have a small so, human that is obsessed with Mickey Mouse, so. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, we do legitimately use Disney Plus every single day. I, so I want to talk a little bit um, in terms of Homestar Runner. Is I just want to bring up, I mentioned the lexicon, like, the things that I say that I know, I, some of these I knew were definitely from Strong, were, were from Homestar Runner because... Mm-hmm. I like they're so clearly from Homestar Runner, but there were there are things that I realized today that I say, I mean, con- all, all consistently, like for years, mm-hmm. that were from Homestar Runner, and these are the things. Yeah, like this is the influence. Like this is how it's in. So mm-hmm. in a in a Teen Girl Squad clip, at one point, they say "True that, true that," and mm-hmm. I say that all the time. Uh-huh. Also from Teen Girl Squad, which I think was my favorite, if I'm yes. being honest. Yeah. Um. Was when at one point they said, you're so whack. And she was like, wiggity whack? No, just regular <laughs> just type. Just regular kind, yeah. And I say, I think no, I, just regular type. I think I quoted that in the first Oscars episode. You might have, yeah. And when I said that 2018 was a whack year for movies. 
And I, I think I called it wiggity whack, not, not just regular type. Yeah. Or something yeah. along those lines. Anytime Kenny is trying to do something and I think that it's like impractical or anytime Kenny says like, well, how can you do that? I'll say, I don't know. How can you type with boxing gloves on your hands? Sure. Well, of course. Um, Probably the most repeated joke. Yes. Across all of their content. Um. Uh. Anytime, like a cereal will sh- call, so every time, anytime a cereal comes up, I will sing Cheat Commandos, mm. Oh, Ridiculous Breakfast, Buy All Our Play Sets and Toys. And toys. <laughs> I forgot about Ridiculous Breakfast. That's a, that's a really funny one. <laughs> anytime Kenny set, will say, Give me a chance, I will then say, To do a hip hop dance. Yeah. Give me a chance to do a dance. <laughs> I also, anytime something is like free or something, or it's like at a low low price, do you know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. Can you set me up for these? Because I want to know how many of them. No, (laughs) it's okay. There's only two left. I'm so sorry. Okay, so this one. Anytime something is like free or like very, very like inexpensive. Do you say that it's cheap as free? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And that's something that like, because also as a note, like, Kenny didn't watch Homestar Runner. Mm-hmm. So this is, he watched a couple of episodes. His one ex-girlfriend really liked it. He was like, I I don't want to say that I thought it was annoying, but it just didn't draw me in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was just doing other things mostly mm-hmm. um, with media. And um, so I'll say these things and he does not know. And then the other thing is Blake and I occasionally when we're talking about like, Oh, we gotta steal like we gotta like steal something or like sneak something. Are you gonna say it's the sneak? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Do you remember good. the sneak? Yeah, the sneak was the old timey version sneak. of the cheat. The sneakity snake. <laughs> okay. Blake Blake will quote this to me specifically, but I will to him too, is he'll be like, The jumbles, man, the jumbles. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is referencing a uh I think it was a a spemale where mm. They were breaking into Homestar Runner's house and stealing his like cutouts of the jumbles from the newspaper. From the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to go back real quick to what you said about Teen Girl Squad a moment ago. Yeah. And how you said that it, it might be your favorite. And you just, you made me think, and this is also coming out of the context of like, that was my first exposure to the whole thing. And I think that that might be the easiest thing to the easiest thing to enjoy in a vacuum. Yes, uh, of all yes. of their content, because most of their cartoons are based around their stable of characters mm-hmm. who are the same throughout, and they make no sense, and yes. they are just a bunch of nonsense, and it's totally and absurd. And so if you just saw it for the first time and you did, didn't know the characters at all, you would be like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, like who, like what's the, what is the joke mm-hmm. that like this guy has no arms and he talks funny and this other guy is like a luchador <laughs> and like, what, what, what's the joke? Whereas Teen Girl Squad is like, you basically get the joke right away because like you're introduced to the characters their uh, who their cheer cheerleader, what's her face, so and so, and the ugly one. Yeah, and and you get it right away. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and it's just, you know, it is stupid nonsense, but it's stupid nonsense where you don't need to have any context or like history with the characters or the mm-hmm. material. Whereas if you were just dropped into a random strong bad email, like I guess you would get that the format of the show is that people write into this fake character. Yeah. But you would probably ask why and who is this? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I think also um it it in terms of Teen Girl Squad like Teen Girl Squad and, and another thing which I'll bring up were like I feel like Homestar Runner I I was explaining how I thought my thesis oh, sorry I just said like 20 things okay <sighs> Part of my thesis here is that Homestar Runner is sort of like taught me how to interact with the internet before the internet existed in the way that it does Uh-huh in terms of like meme culture and stuff like that Right and one of the things that it did was um, with Teen Girl Squad and also with um, the – when they would take occasionally, like, children's books and it would show what the children's book said and then Strong Bad would, like, cross it out and, like, edit it. That might be the best ever. Yes. That one, I I remember crying laughing when I watched that. Some people are squirrel-handed. <laughs> Gregor is a weird name. That <laughs> And the one where where he just like even just in terms of like a poet, there's a part there where he's like, uh, some people have set their school on fire. Yes. George has. And like he just <laughs> right. crossed out the end of the sentence and put a period there. Right. And I think and every every little and and one of the frustrating, I mean, maybe it's not frustrating, maybe it's it's weirdly like a benefit. It's like a it's like a bug and a feature at the same time that if you were watching the videos in their original form and their original context, you could not pause them. No. And it was loaded with, you know, everything. Everything is a joke. You mm-hmm. know, every every little you know opportunity they have, they'll put nonsense in there. So like the author of that book um before Strong Bad has done any altering to the book, if I remember correctly, the name of the author of that made-up children's book is Leonard Sports Interviews. Yes, yes. I might be getting the name Leonard wrong, but I remember it's pretty, the last it's, name it's, yeah. is Sports Interviews, <laughs> <laughs> which is just random. And, and you could say... Uh, so you're talking about in the context of like meme culture um, and uh, callbacks and references, you could say that like one of the th- one of the characterizing things about the Internet and it's like weird Twitter corners and that sense of humor is like it's random humor. Mm-hmm. And that gets a lot of flack for being, you know, just there's nothing artistic about it. There's nothing, you know, it's it's just uh it's just stupid bullshit off the top Mm -hmm. of your head and like, what's the joke and just saying something random. Um, But uh, it is, it, it's not, it's not improvised. Mm -hmm. It's not just made off of the top of the head. It is like funny for no good reason. Like it seems, it seems random because uh it's because it's because it's absurd you used the word absurd before and that's probably the best word for it yeah and um another note about like this like children's 
book um, email from Strong Bad Email 2 specifically is like another like little tiny thing is like when you when he opens the cover of the book, you can see it's cut off, but you can see like this book belongs to Strong Sad. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's the other thing I feel. So I feel like with everything you're, you, you've just said too, like this taught me like comedy too like it mm-hmm. taught me jokes and oh, yeah. i know it that they a... weren't the first people to do it but they right. were the first place that i saw it in terms of media not in terms of you know actual relationships with people that i knew but in mm-hmm. terms of media yes like the biggest influences on my sense of humor that i know to acknowledge that that weren't just subconscious that that, you know, there are other things that might have influenced me more that I might be less aware of. But like the leading influences that I'm aware of are Homestar Runner and like second on the list was probably Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. Did you ever watch Whose Line Is It Anyway? So much. With yeah. my mom, it was great. Like we would just huge, laugh. Huge, huge. And talk about, you know, speaking of making stuff off the top of your head, huge influence on like the way I thought about jokes and being yeah. funny. And then also when we then... When we then, when you then were like, hey, there is improv podcasts. I was like, oh, this exists. Like, I don't think I understood that that existed in the world outside Mm -hmm. of whose line is it anyway. Right. Have I told you that occasionally I'm like, I should do improv. (laughs) I mean, don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all think like, that looks like fun and I think I could do it. I was saying to my co-editor, Laura, the other day, I said, I think if Twitter didn't exist, that I might try to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> well, here are the things that I have tried. I have never done uh, comedy on a stage, not mm-hmm. in the form of stand-up or improv or, or anything of the sort. Um, what I have done, and this is talking about, you you mentioned how Homestar Runner informed like your relationship to the internet and like how Mm -hmm. to use it. And that's a big part of the conversation for me as well, because I'm thinking like I went online a lot. Mm -hmm. And nowadays I think of like what I do with my time and like my media consumption in terms of like TV, movies, books, uh, video games, uh, podcasts, uh, more or less end of list. But during a very formative time in my life, it was like websites was like yeah, at the cool top of websites. that list, right? Yeah. And just going online mm-hmm. was an activity that I did probably more than any other or like yes. as much as like watching the TV or something like or playing a video game. Mm-hmm. And two things that I uh, enjoyed consuming so much that I thought, this is my life. <laughs> and I will also be a creator as well as a consumer. Yeah. Were flash cartoons. Yes. And web comics. Mm-hmm. And I had a few web comics that I got really into. And I thought I can be an artist. I can draw. I can I already know I can write. I love to write. Um, I'll just add drawing to the mix. And so I went through a period where I drew cartoons a lot really just literally copying the things that i saw in web comics mm-hmm. just trying to recreate them and then to like get some muscle memory exactly and then transitioning that into doing my own where i 
could do like an original work when i say work i just mean like a cartoon person like yeah. a face maybe a body yeah um and in a style that was i was doing it an original but in a style that was like very much like uh not only influenced but like taken from like one particular webcomic and then in addition to that when you know getting so into flash cartoons and it was mostly homestar runner but it was not just homestar runner yeah i mean there was new grounds there was new grounds um there was this uh cartoon uh there was this website called keen tunes yeah, and I, I remember I remember Keen Tunes had a show called um Space Tree, the Space Tree in Space. <laughs> um and uh there was also a cartoon I don't remember I think this was also Keen Tunes. There was a cartoon called Bonus Stage. Mm-hmm. I was really into Bonus Stage for a while. And I th- I think it was mo- mainly Bonus Stage that made me think like I I I can do this and I will do it too. Mm-hmm. And I took a course in Adobe Flash. Oh my god, Will at like the local community college. Uh-huh. I must have been I'm guessing I was like 14. Mm-hmm. Probably. And I took a course and I got a certificate. I got a certi- <laughs> I got a certification mm-hmm. in basic uh, Adobe Flash. Mm-hmm. I never made anything that, you know, I never started my own webcomic or my own cartoon. I never made anything for public consumption. But I did like a lot of like practice of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't remember how I got onto that exactly. About how it like taught that. me about the internet, right? Yeah, um, and comedy. Yes, and and yes, and comedy and consumption and be. I I guess what I guess my point was like I was consuming this media so much that I was like immersing myself in it mm-hmm. and like making making it part of a practice yeah. that was beyond just consuming it. Yeah. And I think too with um with Homestar Runner, like I feel like it was one of the first platforms that made me realize like what media could do. Mm-hmm. Um like media like you didn't just have to only be a musician. You didn't just have to mm-hmm. only write. You didn't have to just only um Act. Act, yeah. Like, you could, like, do a bunch together. And I think you know that, like, I don't know, I probably haven't written anything that's, like, close enough to be called a hybrid text yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have always um, felt like I'm, I, I, this is true of everything, my sexuality, the way I write. I always feel like I'm sort of in two places at once, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, like my book that's coming. Have I mentioned this on the podcast yet? I don't remember because I mean, we've talked about it a lot via Skype. Yeah. But you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to remember when the mics are on or off. So I don't know if it's come up on mic. I will but... say it now officially if I haven't mentioned it before in passing. My book's coming out in April. Yes. yes. It's called Ashley Sugarnatch and the Wolf. Happy um, New It's coming Year. out from Mason Jar Press. I don't think I have said this because I think I would remember this sort of official announcement. Yeah, me too. Probably should have led with this, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that book um is poetry. Mm-hmm. But half of the poems, with the exception of the coda, um, are prose poems. Yeah. And the other half are in this uh largely this poetic form called syllabics. And then I also have other formal things in there, like a villanelle and a sestina. 
Mm-hmm. A sinquin is one of them, which is also technically Ooh. in syllabics. And um, it's two characters and it's telling a story of sorts, a folktale even, if we're going to get more specific. Uh-huh. Um, a myth, maybe. Okay. And yeah, like that. that is definitely like, it's in a couple of places at once. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, oddly enough, Homestar Runner is part of the reason I'm interested in that. <laughs> nice. I like that. That's a cool that's a cool context and comparison. Um and speaking of so uh like I was saying before, you said it about improv and I was saying about like webcomics and flash, like thinking like that looks like fun. I I, I could do this. Mm-hmm. One other thing that I have brought that attitude to in Homestar Runner is is voices. Mm. And one of the what I mentioned my comedy influences before, which is a lame, stupid thing for a lay person to say, but the influences on my sense of humor mm-hmm. um being including Homestar Runner and Who's Line. Another one who's another person who's up there is um Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And Conan O'Brien would come out and do his monologue and he would do a funny dance and I would imitate the funny dance. And Conan would do uh, some silly voices sometimes. He's not known for impressions, mm-hmm. but he would he does he just in his in his silly way, he'll do like he'll quote unquote do Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. But really he's just he's doing like a funny voice that mm-hmm. like is and it it's he's just being silly. And so basically like whatever he would do like I would copy and like anyone who would do like a comedic impression like that where it's like it's not about being accurate it's about like doing a silly version of it. Yeah. I would copy. And so hearing all of the uh, voices of the characters on Homestar Runner. Um, that was another thing that I would copy a lot, and mm-hmm. I would think like, "Hey, like, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm not saying I am good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that this is this is the sort of thing I would do, and think like, hey, you know what? I'm not half bad at this, whether yeah. that's true or not, and it's probably absolutely not true. <laughs> but um, part of the fun of enjoying Homestar Runner for me was always. Uh, imitating the characters yeah and just seeing how good i could get at doing like my homestar runner or my coach z or more than anyone my homsar yes okay so i wanted to bring up homsar next that's great great. good so i think also something that we already know about you is that like because we talked about this in the grammar episode and this was true Mm -hmm. of me too but i put this together this morning when i was making notes right is that um, they really exploited people's typos. Yes. And one of the very first typos was somebody, one of the first females. I think it's number two. I think it's number, it is number two, yeah. Yeah. Is uh, if you hate Hamsar so much, then why don't you kill him? (laughs) Which is such a funny question, even without the typo. (laughs) And it's also like, (laughs) like so violent, but also it's a cartoon, so it feels like it's a safe thing to ask. Right. And so they created this entire character who is like, I mean, we were talking about like, you know, like sort of like that so random yeah. comedy. Like mm-hmm. Homestar makes Homestar <laughs> seem like the whole Homestar Runner website right. seem like a Greek classic. Like <laughs> Right, right. Homestar 
actually makes no sense. And he's one yeah. of the um, Easter eggs. If you go to the characters page and hit the right. eject button on the VHS, it'll yes. pop out. Right. Because the, there's like a stack of VHSs um, about mm-hmm. each character. It'll right. pop out Hamsars. Yeah. You know, he's he's just like, ooh. Yeah. And one of my better fav- than breaking up with me. One of my favorite uh, things on the site was, um, you know, they they would have different versions of the main menu, which itself mm-hmm. is animated. And uh, there's a a Homestar version of the main menu where instead mm-hmm. of looking at Homestar and Homestar, you know, when you put your mouse over the button that says tunes, Homestar says tunes and mm-hmm. et cetera. There's a Homsar version where Homsar has replaced Homestar. And you'll, um, for example, put your mouse over the word characters and Homsar will say, Kelsey Grammar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Homsar other thing- is just, yeah, it's, it, Homsar is literally just a typo come to life. Yes. It's, it's just what if a typo could talk. And so he just utters nonsense. <laughs> yes. Um, and this was a thing that has come up for me recently because I was at the mall and there was um, there was this store that I saw. I'm showing you a picture of it. Oh, <laughs> it looks like Homegar. And could you spell it? H-O-A-M-G-A-R. And I texted this to Blake and I said, Homsar started their own clothing store called right. Homegar. Homegar. <laughs> uh yeah there's also like a little bit of a hodor vibe uh to that name mm-hmm. um talking about like the things that you quote or the things that like keep popping into your head years and years later one of my favorite cartoons was i think there was a strong bad email i don't remember what the question was but whether it was specific or vague it gave strong bad the idea what if Hamsar was a children's entertainer? Yes. And so they imagine Hamsar's <laughs> children's show. Uh-huh. And there's a Hamsar line that I think of very often. Mm-hmm. And it's when Hamsar says, That's a real popular song. Who wants to hear of it 50 times more? <laughs> and then all the kids cheer. And they yeah. start playing it over and over again. <laughs> oh god yeah so if i hear about a popular song i'll probably think of homsar saying who wants to hear of it 50 times more um also talking about homsar and things that i remember a lot and quote and uh sometimes even sing to myself because there's a lot of great music in the history of the homestar runner cartoons and one of my all-time favorites, I think it's number, I think it's Strong Bad Email number ninety-nine, mm-hmm. and I think it's called Different Town. And the question was like, "Dear Strong Bad, if you could change anything about the town where you live, what would you change?" Mm-hmm. And then Strong Bad sings a song about all the ways that he would change the things and people around him. And if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. the song is a collaboration. With They Might Be Giants. It is. You are correct. Right. And there is a breakdown in that song where the song like almost comes to a stop. And then it's like this much slower bridge Mm -hmm. where Hamsar is in the background Mm -hmm. and Strong Dad is in the foreground. Mm -hmm. 
and and I would and we, we in the in my episode about the Decemberists when I when I brought up uh, that song, the the apology song, uh-huh. and I and I invoked like, do you sing in the shower? Like, what do you sing over and over again? Mm-hmm. Like, I I would get this song, this little snippet of this little song stuck in my head, where Strong Bad sings, and this little weirdo would be a modestly hot girl to help me through the hard times. <laughs> Uh, and then and when he stops singing, then it zooms in on on Hamsar now in the shape of a woman. And and Hamsar says, I'm forever your girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a classic. And then speaks just speaking of I'm 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 riffing and rambling now, mm-hmm. going from connection to connection, but Speaking of collaborations with They Might Be Giants, maybe my, it's not the funniest, but maybe if for sentimental reasons, maybe my favorite cartoon that they ever put out was uh, a music video for the They Might Be Giants song, Experimental Film. Do yes. you remember this one? Yes. Yeah. Um, just one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands. And then it, it's, it, it's, the video is... What if Strong Sad directed the music video for this song? But mm-hmm. then also the cheat was making his own version mm-hmm. in Flash yeah. because the cheat uses Flash to make his own yeah. cartoons. And so it's kind of going back and forth between the two modes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, just a perfect artifact in my mind. Um, I have a note about that, um, about They Might Be Giants. So I found, um, I, I had Googled earlier, I'm because sh- I was like, someone's written about this. So I Googled like Homestar Runner Legacy uh-huh. and found from 2017 um, an oral history that they had interviewed Matt and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapman. Chapman. And Matt says, um, they were saying, they were saying things like, I mean, it was really interesting. They were saying things like how they didn't want to okay so first off they had shirts like as early as 2001 and to get the shirt you had to mail a check to their parents house uh-huh and um their dad was their accountant who was this like really conservative dude and also they realized when their dad said like you need to quit your jobs to just do this cartoon that like they really needed to do that right coming from him it meant something yeah, and he said that, like, I re- they said, like, they would also, like, but they never wanted to advertise when they were selling stuff. Like, at one point, they were selling, like, cheat commandos, like, toys, and they didn't mm-hmm. put, like, a thing at the end saying, like, oh, we made these. Right. And um, later, they said, like, years later, people would come up to them and be like, cheat commandos was my favorite, and, they and like, would not know that they had ever made <laughs> toys for them. Right. I don't think I ever knew that. And I definitely bought some merch from them like in addition to i already told you that i bought their dvds Mm -hmm. i had a messenger bag that had the cheat on it which i still have i don't use it but it Uh can i use it as like storage i have patches that i the patches might have come with the dvds or come with something else that i bought um and uh, i'm trying to remember if that's all there might have been more Uh, maybe it'll come back to me later I think I did buy stuff too, but I don't, it's not extant currently. I don't remember what it was. 
Uh-huh. Um, and they also said at one point here that like they knew that being that doing strong bad was not, like not strong bad doing home star runner was not going to be long term uh-huh. because they knew that they just they like Patreon didn't exist yet. Right. Um, and it was just all selling merch and they didn't want to push selling merch. And they mm-hmm. said that they knew there were there were like they say in this this interview, they're like, we knew that there were people buying too many shirts than they needed <laughs> because they wanted us to not stop. Right. <laughs> um. But they said that um, sometime in 2001 or 2002, they hit 1,000 visitors a day and thought that was good. But then they stopped looking because they didn't want that to influence the content they were making. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said uh, – they said that they realized, though, that they were getting um, famous when people started getting uh, angry and sending them emails when uh, there was a late cartoon. Yeah, right. But of then – um, Oh, and I guess there were – Homestar references in the Buffy and Angel finales, which I didn't realize. And there was a picture of Joss Whedon in a strong bad shirt. I remember Andrew. Uh, I think I think in season seven. I, yeah, yeah, I guess come to think of it, I guess maybe it was the final episode of Buffy. There is a scene where Andrew is DMing a Dungeons and Dragons game uh-huh. uh, for some of the Scooby gang. And he mentions Trogdor. Which in I that can't believe context. we, this is the first time Trogdor is coming up, but yeah. Right. Well, yeah, we're, we're an hour and 10 minutes in and yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the all time classic. Uh, but yeah, I think Andrew uses the name Trogdor in his D and D campaign. Good, good memory. Cause I did not, I'm sure when I was watching it, I was like, oh wow. But so I Matt, think I flipped out when I saw it. Oh, I'm certain you did. <laughs> I mean, I was much older when I saw it. So. Mm-hmm. So Matt says, I have no idea when our peak was viewership-wise, but 2002 to 2005 was definitely when we got to go the most nuts creatively. We expanded into weird live action and puppet stuff, which I also loved the, like, whenever, like, uh, the hom- the Homestar puppet would talk to the little girl, who must yes. be in college now, which is, those, I can't. Those videos are classic. Um, CDs, DVDs, video games, toys, all kinds of crazy dream comes true, true stuff we never thought we'd get to. But but for me, if you want a more precise moment, I would say February of 2004, when on the same day, they received a demo of a song that John Linnell from They Might Be Giants recorded for a Strong Bad email, and a mm-hmm. full-size working Tom Servo puppet from Jim Mallon from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember specifically thinking, it's okay if no one watches another Homestar Runner cartoon or buys another t-shirt now. Because today happened. Yeah, that's incredible. I did not know about that Tom Servo thing. I had never heard that and I never read this oral history you're referring to. Uh, that talk about a dream come true. <laughs> yeah. And do you, I mean, not, I, I don't want to, I, I want to talk about Trogdor in a second, but um, do you know what they've done since? You're, uh, do you, are you referring to the Trogdor board game? No, to uh, Mike and Matt specific, like what they've done since Homestar Runner. Oh, yeah. No, I guess I don't. I, for some reason, think that I heard something uh, about them recently, um, but I didn't fully understand what I was hearing. But it was just the littlest thing about like oh, some something that they directed or something. But um, f- fill me in because I, I don't know or I can't remember. So since then, they've worked on um, – Shows like Yo Gabba Gabba, Gravity mm. Falls, The Aquabat Super Show, and Wander Over Yonder. Aquabats. Um, the Aqu- Aquabats were on my mix for the exactly. Making a Mix episode. 
So they basically were able to get sort of more like steady work that wasn't reliant because they were also they also were like we were never going to have ads on the website like that mm-hmm. was antithetical to us like we were very punk rock they said right um and i think that now the thing that you might be referring to let me find it because is called um they're working on something together again i think it's called two more eggs okay and i'm assuming that that is the thing that you may have heard them about. I haven't looked into mm. this, but that's something that they're doing together and they're doing it with the same process they said is with Homestar where they like write, animate and put out or like create and are done with a cartoon a week. Mm. But yeah, so they, they basically were able, they knew that this, this model wasn't going to be, um, um, sustainable, forever. sustainable, but they were able to successfully, I mean, thank God, cause I, I want them to succeed pivot to mm-hmm. um other jobs in other places and things right. that i you know i've watched gravity falls um things that i like and i think are good yeah i haven't seen that one but i've heard it's good well you know that gravity falls is in the same universe as rick and morty yes i have heard this <laughs> and we might have talked about it in the rick and morty episode mm-hmm. rick and morty came back this year <laughs> actually bad? sorry it's not this year anymore Rick and Morty came back last year as as of because today is January 1st. Yes, of course. We haven't talked about that. No. There, there were five new episodes of Rick and Morty uh, uh, in November and December of 2019. Well, I had zero idea. Sorry. <laughs> you can watch them now. Yes. Um, did, you, did you ever watch uh, season three? Get caught? Yes. Yes, yeah. we did. Okay. Uh, and was pleased. I, I will I will be interested to hear uh, how much or how little you enjoy the new episodes. Um, I went into it thinking my relationship with this show has been kind of tainted a little bit mm-hmm. by the discourse around it. And I might not like it as much as I initially did. And then uh, season four, episode one uh, was just uh, it was it was undeniable. It was I, I was just like, damn it, they still have me hooked. So can you explain Trogdor? So um there is a strong bad email uh episode where I think someone writes in uh Dear Strong Bad, can you draw a picture of a dragon? Mm-hmm. Or something along those lines. And I think, and and often strong bed emails would start with you know strong bed sitting down at his computer. He has to uh, run the email program, and as he brings up his email, he sings a little song to himself. And I think Trogdor, in addition to being the all-time classic strong bed email, mm-hmm. I think it starts with the all-time classic little email song that strong bad sings to himself at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. i think it's the one where strong bad sings here i go once again with the email every mm-hmm. week i hope that it's from a female yeah and then he pulls up the email and he goes oh man not from a female and then he reads it and uh so he's asked if he can draw a dragon and he basically responds, uh, yes, and uh, you'll be able to follow my instructions along at yes. home. Yes, yes. Uh, because it's, it's, like it's like a Bob Ross or like that mm-hmm. children's show where it taught you how to draw that I can't remember yes. the name of. 
Pappy's so he, Pappy Land. I'm not familiar with that, but but Strong Bad has a kind of come along with me uh, mm-hmm. sort of attitude, and he says, "I make drawing fun." And then it cuts to uh, you know his piece of paper, and you see him draw it, and then he draws uh, what he what becomes known as the S is for sucks dragon, <laughs> <laughs> because he draws a bad dragon. Um, he starts drawing a dragon by drawing an S and then a more different S. Yes. Uh, closing it off at the top for the mouth, mm-hmm. consummate V's for the scales, spiny things, etc. Um, but the S is for sucks dragon. He draw. <laughs> he inexplicably draws like big, muscular human arms and legs on, <laughs> and then he discards that one. And then his second attempt to draw a dragon is much better. Yes, and he calls but it, but not tra- like what you expect. No, it's just it's just it's just a funny looking cartoon dragon mm-hmm. that is l- less weird than the first one, and he calls it Trogdor the Burninator, and then <laughs> and then he says he says um, maybe he names it after that he does this, but he says throw one of those beefy arms on there for good measure, and then yes. he draws another he draws just one beefy arm. He's like coming out of his the yeah, back of his neck there. That's what I was going to say. He says, that looks really good. Coming out of the back of his neck there. And what kind of Vs were the scales? Consummate Vs. Consummate. consummate. And there's and it's then, a wingling dragon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot that detail. It's a, <laughs> He draws wings on it because it's a wingling dragon. And then he moves on to uh, check on check in on his other pupils. Mm-hmm. And then there are other characters uh, who are drawing their own dragons. And then Strongbad berates them. And then uh, once he, uh, the last pupil is Strong Sad and he burns up Strong Sad's drawing, which is really good and impressive. Yeah, very beautiful shading. Right. Chiaroscuro shading. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I've improved on some of your methods, uh, he says. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, and strong, strong bad says, I'll improve on your methods. And then he burns it up with his BMW lighter. And, uh, and that, and that should have, uh, and, and, and would have been the end of the email cartoon. Yes. Um, but they came up with this little song and they couldn't get it out of their heads. And so they composed it and then it just, it just starts a music video. Yes. For for a song about Trogdor, the Burninator, the dra- yes. the the dragon that he drew, and um, as funny as the song is, you know him screaming Trogdor in yeah. that high pitched heavy metal voice, and the and the whole thing about Burninating the countryside, Burninating the peasants, Burninating yeah. all the people in their thatch roof cottages, yeah, all of that is very good. Nothing is as funny as the way that it starts. Yeah. When Strong Bad says, Trogdor was a man. No, he was a <laughs> he dragon was a, man. Or maybe he was just a dragon. <laughs> it's like he already screws it up immediately. Yes, he immediately <laughs> screws it up and then half corrects it. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the drawing that you're seeing goes from being like a knight to yes. like half Trogdor, half knight, and then full Trogdor. 
um that that will that will always kill me and because i know because i know what's coming uh-huh. now i just need to hear him say i just need to hear him say trogdor was a man yeah and that that alone kills me because i know what it's the start of and the other great part about that too is like He's singing this song that's like the sort of like pseudo heavy metal song. And yes. yet he actually goes, uh, he was a dragon man. Like, <laughs> right, he, right. Yes. The stumble is not corrected without a little bit of hemming and hawing. If I can make, I'm glad you said hemming and hawing because that's going to help me make the generalization that I'm going to make, which is often it is instantly very funny to me when someone has to do hemming and hawing in something that was clearly scripted yeah. in something that, in something that was like when it when the comedy is like somebody starts something with confidence yes and then they mess up or they can't think of what to say next uh but the context is they're very confident and it is written down and not supposed to be made off of the top of their head that is uh, one of those things that uh, it should get old, but I think it it uh, gets me every time. Um, a note about one more note about Trogdor, the mm. the female, um, is I brought it up as I asked you to describe it, mm-hmm. and as you described it, your pacing was <laughs> almost exactly on par yeah. with the it, email as it was right. happening. Just the yeah, the time that it took me to describe it is the time that it takes to happen. Yes, but also, again, you got basically every detail. So, like, <laughs> thing, yeah. just literal, like, you were like, and then he walks over, and it was like, mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. Coach Z. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I think it's looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach Z is a fun voice to do. Uh, good, great jorb. <laughs> great jorb there. Yeah. Ramrod. Um, Strong Bad is a fun one to do. Homestar is a really hard one to do, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> I can't think of Homestar and Homestar Runner and HomestarRunner.com without thinking of they made a video that was supposed to be like an introduction to Homestar Runner. Yeah. And the bit is that it is Homestar Runner <laughs> talking to camera, being directed by someone off camera. And messing up constantly, and you just see take over, take yeah. after take. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that I always think of from that video is is um he he calls it homestarrunner.net. Mm-hmm. And then the director off camera says it's dot com. Yeah. <laughs> and then Homestar turns that into the thing he says next is homestarwanna.net. It's dot com. <laughs> like it's dot com is the slogan. And you see those those like, words come up, come up, on, the up on the screen as he says them. And that's another thing that kills me every time, whatever the context. I can't explain it because it's the simplest thing in the world. Yes. And I don't know how to describe it except for in these very simple terms. Mm-hmm. But the thing I love that I think is so funny is words on the screen. Yes. When somebody's saying something <laughs> and then you also see what they're saying yeah. as words written yeah. out on the screen, mm-hmm. that makes it 100 times funnier to me. Yes, I, I agree. 
I agree. Um, and they do that a lot. And they also do that. I mean, that's like with the children's book, but they also do that um, with like things not matching up. And that's also hilarious. Oh, right. Yeah. I think there's one main sort of thing we haven't touched on yet. Okay. Which is that, um, as Kenny said to me, because I asked him about this right before he left with Elliot, um, he thought of Homestar Runner as being more of a games website than mm. a video website. Right. Um, and it's definitely both, mm-hmm. um, as were many websites of this sort, though nothing was really like Homestar Runner. But there was definitely, you know, websites had games. Like, that was like, there'd be like... those. Yeah, those are the things that you made in Flash. You made yeah. animations, which were like little movies, and you made games. Yeah. And um, I... The game that was most – so there was also a Trogdor game where you were Trogdor burninating peasants and avoiding knights and archers. And then at, once you got enough peasants, you then burned down the cottages. I forgot about that game. But there was also – and think- then they also had things like they had Mad Libs and they had like mm-hmm. one of those um, things that you could click on words and the character would say yeah. it. Right. But then um, there was – I think I know what you're going to say. Can let, I say Okay. It? We'll say it on on three. Right. One, One, two, two three. three. Peasant Peasant's Quest. Peasant's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which this, was a full game. This is a perfect example of when I am more exposed to a parody of something than I ever was to the original thing that it's parodying. Mm-hmm. And that's been my relationship with a ton of media. Uh, for better or for worse. And Peasant's Quest was uh, s- based on King's Quest. Yes. The King's Quest series of mm-hmm. uh, Sierra adventure games, mm-hmm. which I must have been aware of, but never played myself. Did you ever and play s- Monkey Island? I tried to play the remake one time mm-hmm. um, and didn't get very far and gave up. Oh, I lo- Monkey Island was the, the true point and click adventure game, but the... The one that I, the King's Quest that I played, and I did play King's Quest, and I will say too, King's Quest started as like a text game. Mm-hmm. Um, the King's Quest game that I played was called, uh, no, not that one. I always forget. Um, but like, I, not only it was called, it was King's Quest Seven: The Princeless Bride, and mm. it follows. Um, a mother and a daughter that are separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think it's incredible because it's a game that basically it has two female protagonists. Yeah. Um, and that was the one that I played through the full way twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I never played any of them myself. I fully played Peasant's Quest. Me too. Uh, when it was up on the Homestar Runner website, having never played any of those Kane's Quest games. And then the other example is um, I don't remember the name of it, but they made a game that was based on um, what is the name of the anime version of Strong Bad? Uh, Stinko Man. Stinko Man, right. They made a Stinko Man game that was, it was, it was just their version of Mega Man. Yes. And yes. I and I had never played a Mega Man game before, uh-huh. but I played the hell out of that Stinko Man Flash game. Yeah. Um yeah, tw- Stinko Man 20XD6. Tw- right, yes, 20XD6. 
They also had a game called, um, let me find the first one. Cause they actually, they had at least two of these. I think this is it. Yeah. Called Dungeon Man. Mm. And do you remember what Dungeon Man was? Was it? The, I know they had a text-based It was game. the text-based. Right. Like, you see a scroll behind the scrolls yeah. of flask. Right. The obvious exits are North, South, and Dennis. Dennis, yes. Yes, that's classic. <laughs> I think that started on a Strong Bad email. Probably. I think there's a Strong Bad email episode where, where Strong Bad plays that game. Mm-hmm. And then they made a real playable version of it. And I loved that. I mean, those were the days mm-hmm. when those things came out. It was like just a treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, because suddenly this content that you – because I was – I didn't realize this at the time because, again, there was – I wasn't timing these things. But, like, a lot of the strong bed emails, especially the early ones, are really only a minute long. Yeah. Maybe a minute and a half. Right. And so when you suddenly – so, like, you'd watch it. You'd, like, find the Easter eggs at the end. You'd watch it again, see if you could find the Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, even if you were doing this with friends, it might take all of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when you got, like, a game, a new game, it was, yeah. like, Christmas. Right. Yeah. Um, Peasant's Quest was, yeah, like, their masterpiece in terms of uh, the games. But I must have tried every one of their games at least once. Oh, Yeah. Um, can I tell you my favorite joke from Peasant's Quest? Because yeah. it was absolutely, I remember laughing because it was so, it was so true to my experience as well. Right. Which is like, you know, in these games um, that were oftentimes like very pixelated and depending on which one you were looking at had like varying degrees of like um, detail. Yeah. If there was an object that was like very clearly outlined, it was more mm-hmm. likely than not an object you could interact with because it needed to be very clear for you to be able to say like take candle or whatever. Right. As opposed to like if, if there was just like books on the shelf, mm-hmm. you couldn't necessarily like specify that. Like the com- the computer needed to tell you what you were allowed to and not allowed to interact with. Mm-hmm. So there's a candle – uh, in a hut in Peasant's Quest that is like outlined in black. It's like the mm. clearest object in the hut. And you, if you say like take candle, it's like, oh, uh, that candle's not actually an interactive object. Sorry. And then if you do it again, it'll be like, oh, listen, I know it's outlined, but truly <laughs> like you don't need this. Like you <laughs> cannot pick it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. The joke, the one joke that I remember from Peasant's Quest is. There's a room where there's a uh, painting on the wall. Mm-hmm. And if you look painting, it describes it as a painting of dogs playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the one detail that I remember That's after amazing. however many years since I played that game. Yeah, I, I loved and love Homestar Runner, even if I don't. I didn't realize that they so so the other I guess point do you have something else you would like to say before I say this about what happened I just I just uh, we when you brought up the typos we were talking about Hamsar specifically and but so there's Fahubu I, gods yeah oh yeah of course there's Fahubu gods um, which sounds it has been pointed out to me sounds just like um, Uptown Funk <laughs> have you ever, have you ever noticed that no. Listen to Uptown Funk side by side with Fuhubu Gods. It's it's very funny. Um, 
No, I was going to I was just going to say I I don't think enough has been said about what a good way in the typo humor was Mm -hmm. for me and I assume for you as well. It was just like, even if you haven't met these characters before, if this world makes no sense to you, Mm -hmm. like you can, you can get like, this guy's going to read an email and he's going to read literally what's in front of him. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to read it with all the typos and he's going to make fun of the typos. And uh, there was one strung that email I think that this, I think it might have been an Easter. I think in the email, he sings a little song about a typo. Mm-hmm. And then and I think an Easter egg is like, he has a whole album of songs about typos. <laughs> and you can listen to each one of them. Mm-hmm. And the one that I remember the best, it, and tell me if you remember this. I'm curious. I don't remember this. Okay. It's a little song that Strong Bad sings that goes, um, Y-O-U-R, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, there is different as night and day, don't you think that night and day are different, what's wrong with you? Um, I think that, I think that was one of the bonus ones. Because it has nothing to do with how you actually like learn how to use one or the other. Yeah. I think the one that started it all that he might sing in the actual email is, um, oh, if you want it to be possessive, it's just ITS. But if you want it to be a contraction, then it's IT apostrophe S. <laughs> okay. I'm Scalawag. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like gleaning with, this now. Yeah. It ends with him calling you a scalawag. <laughs> Um, the, the Y-O-U-R one is, is the one that, uh, sticks in my head like, uh, like a real song would. Uh-huh. And while we're talking about songs that are stuck in my head, you know how sometimes, uh, the reason a song gets stuck in your head is because like, you don't have a complete version of it in your head. Mm-hmm. You just kind of know it or kind of remember it. Yeah. And there's this like song. Like Auld Lang <laughs> Oh yeah. Great example. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, I hope maybe you will remember this better than I do and you can fill in the gaps for me. But at some point, I think that they may have put out a real album mm-hmm. of songs uh, from Homestar Runner. That sounds right. And the last track on the album is Homestar singing a song called Secret Song. Okay. And, and I don't completely know it. And I think that's the reason why the part of it that I do know, or I think I know, uh-huh. gets stuck in my head often. And I sing it to myself sometimes. And it's home. St- and the way I remember it is it's Homestar going, Secret song. I can't believe it's you. <laughs> You're the secret song on the album secret song (laughs) and that's all i remember i think it's there's more to it than that but that part gets stuck in my head because it's what i think i can remember yes they put in an album called strong bad sings and it's on spotify (laughs) that's great okay good um yeah so we you can you can find it and Um, i think maybe maybe they put out a video 
for Secret Song, and I think maybe it was the Homestar puppet mm. at a piano. That sounds very correct. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I don't have a great memory for it, so I'm not sure. Um, something else I say all the time that I forgot was from Homestar Runner until I just saw one of the songs on this track list. Yeah. Sweet Cup and Cakes. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Senor Card Gage is, uh, is another spinoff character. Oh, my character God. Senor who... Card Gage. Yeah. <gasps> I, I forgot think... about Senor Card yeah, Gage. Yeah. Senor I Card... loved Senor Card Gage. Yeah. It's just always mumbling stuff. He was just like. <laughs> he he's oh, I I don't I can't remember his lines as well as I remember some Homsar lines, but he's always calling Strong Bad like Jeremy or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, Jeremy, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. I, just I think remember- that there was a video that was a like face off between Senor Card Gage and Hamsar. Right, yeah. Just yeah, because it was two characters where the whole concept is they are they sort of resemble main characters. Yes. And they just say nonsense words. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah. I think there was I think you're right. I think there was a cartoon, one of their later cartoons that's just like, what if these two had a conversation? <laughs> Would they make sense to each other? Yeah. Would they be competitive? <laughs> I'm Googling uh or card gauge quotes. Oh my god. Trying to get a good example. Yeah, they they just made um so so little sense and it was so mumbly and it was like he was like a creepy uncle. Yeah. That's the thing. What I mean like I, I, I've I've mentioned a few times like the the approachability or lack thereof of the Homestar Runner cartoons, uh-huh. and and one not insignificant barrier to a newcomer is that they're often just really hard to understand. Yeah, like, like literally, like you can't make out what people are saying uh, because the the voices are so different uh, and uh, and weird, like. Uh, like strong mad. <laughs> the fifties. I found the cartoon, by the way. It's called Non Secular Champion. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes. Oh, I just want to uh, remind our listeners something I have uh, failed to do very much this season is that uh, you can uh, always send us an email at smugbuds at email at gmail.com smugbuds at email (laughs) and we would love to hear from you please send us emails if you have thoughts please send us a spemail yeah because as we've pointed out before uh the initials uh, sb for smugbuds just make us think of strong bad yes so send us a a, a, our own type of spemail smugbuds at gmail.com and we will talk about it in the mailbag episode, which we will, we haven't talked about this, but we will probably record in a room together in San Antonio. Oh, God. Yeah, let's do that. Yes. Yeah. Much like we did for the season one mailbag. Yeah. When we were in Tampa, Washington, D.C. Yes. No. Tampa, Florida. No. Um, uh, Bal- no. Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, Milwaukee, Portland, uh, 
Portland. It was last year. We really went to Portland last year? Yes. Remember, it like didn't rain so much. We were very happy. I guess that's why I don't remember it as Portland. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember... I wore that, that was when we took all the photos, and I yes, wore that jellyfish shirt, and I hung out with you that whole day, and it was I so I remember great. taking the photos, I remember you ridiculing me for wearing what you called the same shirt every day. You wore the same I, sweater every day. You didn't call it a sweater. <laughs> you just said it was something else. It's this like um, fuzzy, well you can look at the pictures because they're on the website Goslings. But it's they, this, like, they are our logo. It's this like. Pilled fleece sweater. Mm-hmm. And finally I said to Dana, what's the deal with Will's sweater? What did she he, say? You remember? He really likes it. It's special yeah. to him. Okay. Well, that's nice. <laughs> um, I mean, what did we do? I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything I did that was specific to Portland. That's the thing that I'm struggling with. We went to the um, pasta place for dinner. Okay. There was pasta places everywhere. And there was that um, sandwich place oh, next door. Oh, 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 yes. Right. That pasta place. Yes. And it was there like was... the best yes. sandwich you've ever eaten. And you were pissed that we didn't just eat there because there wasn't a line there. And you were, and that's where Kenny ended up eating. Well, I was pissed that I would probably never have that sandwich again in my life. And yeah, also never you went there the try. next day. We went there for lunch the next day. Yeah. And yes, there were they were adjoined restaurants that might have shared a kitchen or a chef or both. Yeah. Uh, or or just ownership. Just owners, and, yeah. And we had, we we had pasta dinner. Di- pasta dinner. Uh, yeah. We, had pa- <laughs> we, we were had, in Portland, not Boston. We 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 parked the car in the yard and had a pasta dinner mm-hmm. uh, at the one place, and uh, this and and they both had one word names. Mm-hmm. And I think the sandwich place was called Gordo. Yes, I think or, so. Yeah, but I don't remember the name of the pasta place now. Um, and we but they also were both excellent. And we, if I lived in Portland, I would eat there all the time. And if they franchised and brought it here to Tucson, I would eat there all the time. We also went to that big market and stood next to the river, and it was like warm and nice. Yeah, I was hungry. That's what I remember about that. That's true. Because at one point I said, can we please take a photo together? Because there was a tree and I was at the same height as you mm. on this hill. And oh, you yeah. said, I think we've taken enough photos today. <laughs> and I said, please, uh, our heads will be at the same height. Uh, and you did. And that's yeah. the photo that's on the bottom of our website. And you look oh. very pleasant. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. I'm glad it's a nice photo. Even though I was being a fussy baby. <laughs> Which I always forget that Will gets really mad when he's hungry. Well, I must, I think you pointed out, which is true. I, must, I primarily I get quiet. Yes. There's, but, there, but it seems like you're mad. Right. I do. Yes. I have sort of a resting uh, mad uh, face or disposition uh, when I'm hungry, and the hunger sort of puts up a filter uh, between uh, that filters out most of the things that I would normally say. Yes. Uh, I'm conserving my energy. <laughs> because I also would like ask you questions and you would like not really answer me. And I'd be like so annoyed <laughs> and I'd be like trying to get you to talk to me. And then that's why I thought you were mad at me. Yeah. Because I um, can't imagine that like I feel like if we were to ever have a falling out, it would just be mm. you ghosting me. Like we would never fight. Mm. You would just yeah. stop talking to me. I guess. And I would be devastated. 
Yeah, and I would cry I, a lot and have nightmares about you because that's how I have been with all of my other friends that stopped talking to me. And and presumably there would be a book about me some somewhere <laughs> in the future and doesn't sound so bad for me. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, so yeah, send us a spemail and uh, anything uh, else to uh, say about the topic before we uh, uh, sign off? No, I just think that like uh I you know thank you Matt and Mike and yeah. um I think you taught me a lot. I don't think that's what you were trying to do. But like it meant things it meant mm-hmm. it's not like like things mean things to me and that's always mm-hmm. really important and I try to tell people when things mean things to me. But like mm-hmm. also like you helped my brain know how to function in a way that's been useful to me. So thanks friends. I'm sure you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> And I would just try to round out uh, the conversation by remembering how you began the conversation by saying that uh, the humor of Homestar Runner seems uh, very relevant to like humor as we know it now on the internet with memes and uh, weird Twitter. And I would just sort of build on that and spin it to say I think that the humor of Homestar Runner is uh, weirdly timeless. Yeah. It yeah. is it it it, it b- despite being created using <clears throat> a technology that is obsolete now and which is and, and and which makes it harder to access in its original form and its original content. It it it, this the 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 jokes the humor the characters the content not the form but the mm-hmm. actual content are, are are uh i was gonna say timeless in a different way but now i can't remember what i was gonna say um that it, it, it's like they haven't aged yes. uh, at all really and i because have a- it's it's just out of time I have a perfect comparison to that, which is that I mm. think the other thing here that is similar in terms of layering that we've discussed before on this podcast is Arrested Development. Mm. And I think Arrested Development, in terms of like it being so dense and there being so many like references upon references upon references. Yeah. And I think that Arrested Development has aged because a lot of those yes. jokes are about the Iraq War. Right. Yeah. It's very much of its time. Which doesn't you know, make it bad, but Bush era and the aftermath, yeah. Uh, no, it's not bad. It is just, you know, best viewed in its original context, mm-hmm. and because it is laden with all those callbacks and references and Easter eggs, it warrants rewatching uh, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you, the yeah, the difference, the difference is. Homestar Runner, it, it's just it's just its own in its own world. When it does have an obvious reference to pop culture as we know it, it's really mm-hmm. weird, but it's also mm-hmm. pretty funny. So mm-hmm. I still welcome it. Uh, and it's always something. It's never something current, you know. Yes. So it's like it's already, you know, in the in the world. Even if you even if you watched it new, you would be like, "That's an old reference." It's funny because it's an old reference. Yes. So it's only going to get funnier as the cartoon yeah. gets older. That like <laughs> Homestar just keeps buying uh, 
Strong Dad Deep Impact on DVD every <laughs> December ween. And that's I'm and, and I'm actually glad we got to that because we haven't acknowledged that in addition to the very important hol- uh excuse me, Halloween uh, episodes and cartoons, mm-hmm. um in the, the world of Homestar Runner, they celebrate December ween. Mm-hmm. And as as we just did. Yes. Um, we're saying Happy New Year. It's, it, you know, holiday season. Christmas season, I guess, technically won't be over until the 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, it's winding down. We're saying farewell to it. We're saying hello to 2020. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you had a blessed and joyous December ween. Yes. Happy uh, December ween, everyone. As, as, the, as the famous carol from Homestar Runner goes, <laughs> December ween, December ween. Do you know this part? No, I don't remember. You're 55 days after Halloween. (laughs) 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 All right. We'll sign off with that, right? Good night, our goslings. Love you, Will. Love you, Liz. Bye-bye. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at youngest of one, and his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram, at exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>